Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning. <laughs> I have to be careful with Gabby every morning because like, I'm like, we're going live and then Gabby will just start talking to me right before. I'm like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> and then so I mute it and I'm just about to unmute it and Gabby just starts tearing papers out of her book. I just got the death glare. Wow. <laughs> we're trying to put out a quality product here, making sure that the, you know, the audio is great. And here's Gabby just ripping pages out of her book. <laughs> Give me a break, Gab. Happy Thursday, people. Happy Thursday, everyone. <laughs> oh, man. And also, yeah, right right before we went on the call, I'm like, hey, by the way, what did you do yesterday? And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> like, so you did nothing yesterday. <laughs> I couldn't remember. Mm. Sometimes it's hard at six in the morning to remember what happened the day before. Wayne, how do you work with your wife so well? <laughs> we don't. <laughs> it's a struggle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Hey, Gab. Yeah. Do you, have is you... a joke? No. Oh, I've, maybe. Okay. Have you seen the new Spider-Man trailer? No. Surprised I didn't talk about that yesterday. It was one of the hottest things on the internet yesterday. Oh, The new just... Spider-Man trailer. You didn't hear about it? Well, I heard you and everybody talking about it. Oh, yeah. Big time. I believe I was making dinner. Yeah, big. Uh, they released the uh, the second trailers. It's it's crazy. These uh, these 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 trailers for Marvel movies are are more hyped than the actual movies themselves. Fun. Okay. Um. Sorry. <laughs> that's okay. I'll try again. Okay. Uh. Hey. Uh. We're headed to Mexico. Yeah, we are. Yeah, we didn't talk about that either. No. That kind of just uh, happened very quickly. Yeah. We, um, That's how we operate. <laughs> fast decisions, people. <laughs> fast decisions. Uh, well, no, we kind of we planned it ahead of time, right? We, I was trying to motivate the family a little bit to, um, uh, to one, uh, to do two flips at the same time. To do good. To do good. And two, also to put up with all of the extra stresses that I've been adding on them lately. So I just said, hey, if we can just get through this and we can get these done, I'll take you to Mexico. And um, we have. Um, we haven't quite hit the the goal or the outcome that we wanted because our one flip isn't done yet. But, uh, you know, we've had some other, other um, successes. Wins. And we, yeah. what's that? Some other big wins. Yeah, we you know selling a property as well, and that's that's getting done next week, and some other big wins. So, deciding you know what, heck, let's let's do it. So we're taking the family to uh, uh, Mexico in about four weeks, five weeks, five weeks. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna go over Christmas. We love going over Christmas, <laughs> Christmas in Mexico. Yeah, well, two uh, two years ago was the last time we went. Actually, first time we went. Um, as a family, and we left on Boxing Day, and we were there for New Year's. But this yeah, time, cool. yeah, we'll actually be there for Christmas. Everybody's like, "What about our presents?" <laughs> I think we're just gonna have be to. There. We'll have to <laughs> fill a suitcase full of presents and find a tree on the resort. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, it's uh, it's it works. It works for a small family like us, though, right? Yes, yeah. it's, it's not a big. Uh, I, I think trying to bring three kids or four kids on uh on christmas yeah eve be would be a real challenge yeah. <laughs> when are we leaving christmas eve no. no 22nd 22nd yeah yeah so i got that going on as well um kind of i want to bring that up because i want to remind everyone about the wins and celebrating your wins um it doesn't have to be you know a large expensive mexico trip either it can it can be anything you know your favorite meal or you know heading down to your favorite bakery or your favorite coffee shop and just spending he, you know, sometimes even just 30 minutes with, uh, you know, with your partner or your wife or your husband or your kid and just a little quick little or fist yourself. bump or yourself <laughs> or yourself, you know, go and, and do your uh, whatever your favorite little treat is or your favorite little routine and and just kind of sit, take a second, 
take a deep breath, maybe for five, 10 minutes, and then get back to work. <laughs> five, 10 minutes max. Max. <laughs> That's all you got. <laughs> We're taking seven to 10 days, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but I'm, you just I, start small. It's anything, anything, whatever, whatever, whatever your thing is. I think it's super important. Yeah. Because uh, you, you worked hard for it. This is actually very, very timely because I have been definitely on the brink of burnout for like way too long. Like I'm surprised that I actually haven't gotten sick or like that's normally what happens when mm -hmm. we get burned out. Our bodies start to fatigue and then we catch colds or the flu or whatever it may be. So that's normally what happens to me when I know I've been going too hard for too long. Um, so I'm surprised I haven't, which is, I guess, means I'm actually taking care of my body, which is good. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I've been like on the brink of of burnout and exhaustion. So this is like, it's nice knowing, okay, like hustle for five more weeks and then you actually get to like lay on the beach. <laughs> yeah, dangle that carrot sometimes. <laughs> it is. It's definitely the push that I needed though, because there's a lot that needs to get done before the holidays. Like it's literally going to be grinding until then. So yeah. yeah, I'm excited. But it's worth it though, right? Absolutely. As long as you can see why you're doing it, that's 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 super important. Yeah, for sure. Um, the one that I worry about the most is our kid. Mm -hmm. She gets the shit end. Um, especially she's been she's been home the last two days. Yeah, she's been sick. Well, air quotes sick. When they have a a teeny tiny little cough or they sneeze once, they cannot go to school. <laughs> I got a feeling she's probably staying home today. Yeah. Um, as well. So it's, it's been tough. It's, um, you know, they, she's got a ton of energy. Yeah. Like she's, she's still a kid. It's not like she's just she's like, she's got her gymnastics mat out. She's like, yeah. She's watching, you know, YouTube videos showing her how to draw, you know, all of these cool things and whatnot. And she just wants to keep showing it to us. And, or like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, I got maybe five minutes to spare in between each task or each, each call or each meeting. And like that five minutes, I'm going upstairs quickly, going to the washroom, um, you know, splashing some water on my face. I'm like, I just need, and, I, and I'm, I'm in it. I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing next. And uh, I feel terrible when, you know, she's like, dad, dad, dad. And uh, so. Yeah, it's, she, well, it's hard also when it's a work day and it's like, you are mm -hmm. supposed to be at school. Leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've had this thing planned for two weeks. <laughs> um, so it's, it's tough. So th for the kids too. Um, Maybe it's not a Mexico trip, but maybe it's just like consciously planning, you know, hey, four o'clock, let's take an hour off and let's go to the park or something like that. <sighs> Reward well, them for putting up with your shit. Yeah. And you know what's actually like I've been thinking about the last two days is super cool is that she woke up and said she had a sore throat. If she says she has a sore throat, I can't send her to school regardless of whether it's actually true or not. But she woke up and said, I have a sore throat. And Sorry, just one second. Um Oh, I think I messed up on the audio. How's the audio, how's the audio everyone? Because um, I might have clicked something by accident here, and now I can't tell because I couldn't see if Gabby was loud enough. Um, Can you hear me? It's, yeah, perfect. it's perfect. Okay, so okay. Gab, do a quick audio test. Testing, testing. Okay, that's how you talk? Okay, sorry. I, I was just really concerned that the I, I clicked on something by accident when okay. I wasn't paying attention. Anyways, she wakes up, says she's sick, and without like without a second thought, I'm just like, okay, well, I guess you're staying home. And like our lives were not affected and how cool is that that like we both get to work from home and that yeah like for a normal parent or parents or parent whoever it may be it uh ryan says it did just get louder that was me um okay, i will fix that yeah okay, so good. with you know a normal family that's um has jobs you know like the typical situation that's a big deal it's like now one of the parents or if you're a single parent like can't go to work you have to call in sick you have to or tr try to last minute arrange for i don't know a grandparent to come and and babysit yeah <laughs> and like all that kind of stuff it like throws your life up and especially when it's just like you know that they're not like they you know, two years ago, they would have still went to school <laughs> mm -hmm. with like, you know, whatever little measly little <laughs> they have. So I was um, feeling, yeah, very appreciative of our lives the last few days when she's been home and it's just been like, okay, well, yeah, whatever, we're good. Yeah. And then just being able to like, I, I, she was like crazy with energy yesterday and I was like, I need to get her out of the house. So yeah, we like went around the corner to a little tobogganing hill and like I took her sledding her and the dog for an hour and a half and yeah. just like to be able to do that in the middle of the day and yeah 
just Amazing. really cool reflection. Um, I think it needs to be said. Um, this did not come easy. No. Oof. No. <laughs> and 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 we're not it's still not easy. And, and we're not taking our private Learjet to Mexico. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> um, I don't want people to get the impression that this was something that was like fast and easy. And if they, you know, if they can do it, we can do it too. Yes, that is true. But I just want everyone to know how much we did. And and there's there's what people see. There's what we talk about, and then there's what we actually do. Mm-hmm. And um, I want people to understand the, the the standard for what needs to be done in order to achieve something like this. And and I and I'm I'm not done. Like this is still um, very very early on yeah. in our path. Can and, I say we're still crawling? <laughs> yeah, compared to compared to where we want to be with our with our businesses. So I want people to understand that the work ethic that that needs to come with this in order to achieve um cuz people look at our our you know our our situation our our lives and man I'd love to be able to work with my spouse every day man I'd love to be able to just not have to worry about work and just be able to you know hell even just say hey kid do you want to stay home today you know what I mean? And just go and hang out and, and go tobogganing or something like that. It is really cool. It's really cool. It's not luxurious. Like it's just, it's the same lives. It's just, you know, we, we've eliminated the, the reliance on, on having jobs. We've replaced our incomes plus some. Um, I do have conversations with a lot of new investors who listen to podcasts, listen to our podcast, other people's podcasts, and just point to that person and say, I want to be just like them. I don't want to rely on my job anymore. And then I start laying out all the things that they're going to need to do. And suddenly it's like, whoa, 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 that's not me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and instantly, you know, I try not to be too judgmental, but I instantly, I'm like, you're not cut out for it. And I don't like being that person. I don't. But I, you know me, I'm a straight shooter and I keep things simple. Um, I don't want someone to waste five to 10 years of their life trying trying to achieve this if they're never going to achieve it. You're better off, you know what, just just continue doing what you're doing and enjoy your life. Don't waste five, 10 years of your life, you know, listening to webinars and, and going to these different events and stuff like that and taking time away missing from your family yeah. and missing your kids growing up. Um. It is it is an extreme dedication and sacrifice in order to to get to this, and um, you know I I regret a, a few things. I don't I mean I I don't regret anything, but there are some moments that I regret where I wish I would have done things better, um, and I wish I would have spent more time with my kid. You know at that's at you know you don't ever get this this time with them when they're young ever again. So. Um, it's not easy. <laughs> it's not it's not easy. Yeah. You need to be extremely dedicated. And I mentioned this to someone the other the other night. Um I can't remember if it was a free coaching call or someone paid for a coaching call. But I I said to them that you need to be obsessed with this. You don't sound obsessed. And it was a bit of a dick comment saying I don't know if you're cut out for this because you're not like you're not showing me that you're obsessed with this. And, but I wasn't too concerned about whether I was being perceived as a dick. What I was intending was for that person to have a moment, have a moment, call it a breakthrough moment, to realize, holy shit, he's right. I'm not, and I'm not taking this seriously enough. And this giant list of things that I want for my life that I say that I can have, I'm never going to achieve them at this, at this pace. Yeah. Um, I, you almost need the other person to feel worthless, you know what I mean? Or so they can have not maybe worthless isn't the right word, but you know, to, to have that moment to realize shit, no, I, I I do need to take this thing more seriously. I do need to be like, I need to cut out all of the bullshit in my life that, that has no meaning and no value. And I need to put a hundred percent into this if I want to achieve that. And you can achieve anything you want in life. Mm Mm-hmm. 
another great conversation. I, I just keep referencing conversations I've had recently, but I was talking with um, Wilson and Jess Pabin, who are going to be on the show tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I was having a conversation with them and they were talking about um, Wilson uh, moved here from Columbia when he was younger. And um, the amount of opportunities that we have in North America and Canada, he's like, I didn't have, you don't have those opportunities in Columbia. Yeah. Like, and that's what drives him, drives the both of them, is that he sees the fact that we have opportunities that we take for granted mm-hmm. that he didn't have back home. And so he's like, he you've can't, seen You can't he, just let those pass you by. Yeah. You've seen him, the drive, you know, in his eyes, yeah. you know, he he's just, he's taking he's full done. advantage of this opportunity. Yeah. And, um, and I, and I love it because he, yeah. he understands what it takes and and the opportunities that we have in in North America and he does not let them yeah. fly by. So Well, why do you think you hear so many of those um immigrant stories of arriving with yes. $10 in my pocket or 50 cents in my pocket and like made it made it big or made a beautiful life life for themselves because yeah. it's like yeah. <laughs> Their back is against the wall. I mean, they have absolutely nothing. They have nothing. They came from nothing and see like holy shit, like I can do it here. Look at all these opportunities. Like I could literally do anything I want here. But we grow up fancy. Spoon fed. Spoon fed. I, it's impossible to fail in Canada. I know that, that some people are arguing with me on that, but there are so many government programs and there are so many credit cards that you can get and you can call Alpine Credit and get 15% interest. Like you have access to so much, even if you're in the dirt and you've got this, you've dug this horrible hole you can still go and claim bankruptcy and in 12 years you're back at it. You know what I mean? Like there's, it's impossible to fail in Canada. It's, they set up the system so that you can't. And yeah, you might get, you know, you might dig a pretty big hole, but eventually someone will will hand you a rope. And if you're willing to climb it. Well, that's it. Yeah. People fail all the goddamn time here because they're not willing to take the rope. So put a little, little bit of hard work into it. We take opportunities like this for granted. Anything is possible. Anything is possible. You can literally be whoever you want, mm-hmm. especially with the internet too. God, I didn't even, now I can touch yeah, on the no. internet. <laughs> <clears throat> I love the internet. I love everything about the information age. Like, my God, like literally, I, I could Google open heart surgery and I could spend the day reading it and, and I'd have a pretty decent idea of what the, what the doctor is doing on the operating table. You know what I mean? Whereas 30 years ago, you were limited or 40 years ago, you were limited to what your dad knew and what your mom knew. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If dad was like, if all dad, dad did was, was a plumber, so I knew how to fix a, get stuff out of a P trap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if all your dad did was tack welds, you're kind of limited to your parents' um, information. Unless you start reading, unless yeah. you go down to the library. Now you can literally learn anything, anything. It's there's there's zero excuses. You have opportunity, you have education, you have information. Yeah. It's literally just you and the rope now. <laughs> That's it. Gonna take it. Yeah. That's it. And you gotta want it bad enough to otherwise, I mean that there's nothing really wrong with the bottom of that hole, right? Yeah. You just they're still putting they're sending food down every now and then, a little bucket. <laughs> You just reminded me talking of like the information age about um, last night, Wayne came upstairs and Everly, he overheard Everly asking me, mom, did, did, uh, well, it started out earlier in the day. She was asking what kind of toys we played with when we were kids. So she had asked Wayne and then um, later on in the evening, she was asking me, what kind of toys did you play with? I was like, oh, trolls and cabbage patch dolls. I'm like telling her and we're looking up pictures on the internet because I can just pull them up and show her. (laughs) And uh, then as Wayne was coming up, she's like, mom, did cars exist when you were a kid? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, what about water? Did water exist? <laughs> so she's like <laughs> going through all these different things. So Wayne's like, oh, and then she had she um in her toy bin, she has my old flip phone from when I was like 20 or something. I had yeah. like a sleek old flip phone and she has it as a toy. So she was like, <clears throat> we're talking about how we used to just have landlines and how cell phones didn't exist until we were much older and all that kind of stuff. And so Wayne started asking, you know, thinking back to what we didn't have when we were kids and what we have now, what do you think we're going to have when you're our age? Mm-hmm. 
that we don't have right now. So we started talking about the possibilities, but it's like, it's hard to even fathom. Like, it's like, oh yeah, wow. Like we are in a totally different age. And then you think back to like when our parents were kids, they were in a totally different Mm -hmm. um, spot. So like, where will we be? Like, I don't even, that just scares the shit out of me. I think, I think that 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it was a little bit easier because, um, I don't know, like we were seeing phones and we were like, okay, phones are going to be a little bit smaller. I I feel like when I was a kid, maybe just my imagination was that much better when I was a kid, but I felt like, you know, we're going to have this, we're going to have this, you know, flying cars, battery cars, that kind of stuff. Uh, Yeah, that was, well, that's because a lot of what was on TV, we were just, Mm -hmm. you know, comparing it to that. But so much has developed in the last 10 years. It is really hard. Yeah. I, I was trying to give examples examples to my kid, and I'm like, uh, "Do you know what teleportation is?" <laughs> She's like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "Maybe teleportation." What else did we come up with? Oh, uh, Amazon drones. I said, "Amazon drones are probably like five years away." You know, they're going to have drones delivering your packages to your front door, and and drones kind of scare her, so she didn't really like that. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 crazy to think, you know, what's man stuff comes up all the time and. Even just like when we're when we're we when you learn new functions on your phone and you're like, what? My phone does that? Yeah. What? I can screen record. Yeah. I um yeah, screen like anything. Oh, it's amazing. So don't take this stuff for granted. Like we have so there's the the opportunities. It's just literally right and there. And how quickly it can change too. Like we were just talking about yesterday, how COVID hit and all of a sudden now we can fill rental vacancies digitally mm-hmm. <laughs> like because just like we didn't need to before, but then we needed to. So we figured out how it's like, yeah, a situation can happen. And all of a sudden it's like adapting. Yeah. Can just like cause all these new systems and this new way of doing things Yeah, so fast. Well, on that, on that note as well, I don't want to get too far. I know because everybody knows it's, it's quite evident, but um, no one was using zoom before the pandemic. Yeah. Cause I remember because like video podcasts, I, I hopped on that real fast before anybody else did. Um, I remember my dad setting up a family zoom meeting like several years ago and all of us kids being like, what is this? What are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's too noisy and yeah, people talking over each other. It was, it was before zoom really, you know, I think they put a little bit of money and it made it a little bit better, but I remember that I remember saying to Gabby, no one's using Zoom. Mm-hmm. I'm hopping on this. Yeah. And, and you know, we started putting the podcast, you know, on video. And then suddenly the pandemic came and everybody, everybody and the grandma and dog is using uh, Zoom. But you just think about something like that, how like Zoom is now the new, the new standard for meetings. Mm-hmm. Hey, we got a call coming up. Do you want to do it on Zoom? You know what I mean? It's just that, that came out of nowhere. Yeah. Anyways, it's not really important, but um when you were talking about filling the vacancy, um, I had a bunch of people reach out to me yesterday and said that like they really, really enjoyed um, your tips on oh, good. Uh, finding tenants and, uh, and 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 everything we talked about yesterday. What did we talk about? Uh, Stuff. <laughs> uh, but anyways. Moving tenants in. <laughs> moving tenants in and uh, inspections. In, inspections, that's yeah. right. And and obviously new online systems. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I forget that that stuff is important. <laughs> and yeah. we said it, you know what I mean? We we said it uh, and we forget it. And, and that's how I operate. I don't fast decisions. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, fast decisions and then we move on to the next thing so sometimes I forget that like that was a big thing for us when we were getting started and uh, and I do apologize because sometimes I what I'll do is I'll just oversimplify things and I'll say you know that's just the way that it is and I don't really dive too deep into it because again set it and forget it so um, I want to go a little bit deeper into it today because I thought this is this is some really good valuable information Um, I know a lot of people like to hear you talk Um, so one thing that I was uh, discussing with someone yesterday was they were asking about when a a lease is just about to be up in Alberta. Mm-hmm. Um, I have Very to, important. <laughs> Alberta's uh, landlord laws are different than other provinces. In Alberta, when a fixed term lease is up, you know you have the option to either you know write a new lease, renew the lease, or if nothing happens, then it's done. The person moves out. 
So upon the end of the, the, the lease or the tenancy, um, someone had asked, you know, what do you do? Do you typically offer, you know, do you make an offer to the tenant to get them to stay? Do you prefer that they move out so you can increase rents? How do you handle something like that? And my answer to that is. It depends. No, I. I <laughs> but it does. I, <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I, I, I don't think it depends on this one. Personally, I will argue that if, if the tenant is a good tenant and I don't want them gone, like want them gone. That's where the it depends yeah. came in. If, yeah. if they're garbage tenant, but they have, I have no reason to evict them, then yeah, I'm going to take advantage of just waiting for that ending. lease end and get yeah. them out. But if they're paying and there are no issues, then I will always make them an offer. And the offer will either be, I will keep your rent the same, but I just want you to know that rents have gone up in the market. Um, we are planning on increasing the rents by $100 if you leave. Um, but we will offer you the same rent, you know, for another year, if that interests you, um, if they take that great, it would really depend, depend <laughs> on the market and whether I could, I can make a statement like that. Um, nine times out of 10, we can make it regardless because most tenants just have no idea what's going on in the market. So, Hey, rents are going up 150 bucks. Just want to let you know, we're going to offer you the same rent if you'd like to stay. Um, we loved having you we love everything about you and your dog and yada, yada, yada. Um, the other option would be if they look like they're thinking about leaving, um, then just offer them a $50 reduction or a hundred dollar reduction. And I can understand that like, oh no, you're going to lose a hundred dollars of cash flow a month. Well, would you rather lose a hundred dollars of cash flow a month for 12 months, $1,200 or have a vacancy and have to pay $1,100 a month plus utilities. I'll argue that that's not um, necessarily what will happen. I mean, you can find a replacement and not have a vacancy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's, risk. It is, it is very hard to have a seamless transition where tenant moves out at noon or, you know, 1159 and the other tenant moves in at 2 p.m. or 5 p.m. It's very difficult. And some people line it up so that one lease will end on the 31st. Mm -hmm. And then the new person moves in on the first or someone, you know, leaves on the 26th and it's, it's, it's complicated, but in my eyes, I would rather have some, uh, give a reduction of $100 to a good tenant, to a good tenant, than rolling the dice and potentially having one or two months vacancy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of ways to look at it and to analyze it. Um, but at the end of the day, if you, yeah, if you have, you don't a good, agree with me. Eh? Um, well, no, I do. I mean, those are a lot of the tactics that we've used in the past, but I'd, but, say, but I'd yeah. say that it's a big, it depends. Like you need to analyze each, each and every. Okay. Let's go over what you would analyze. So what are the factors that you need to consider when you're making a decision like that? Well, one is like, how good is the tenant? Like you said, the one thing you said is like, if the if you suspect that they might be thinking about leaving, it's like, do you really want to string them along for another year if they're already potentially thinking about leaving? Are they at risk of breaking their lease in the middle of the lease? Like all those types of things. So like I say, if somebody's thinking about leaving, that maybe it's better to cut your losses and find somebody who really wants to be there. I would listen to why they want to leave though. Absolutely. Is it, is it to buy a new home? Is it that they don't like the space anymore? Is it that they're arguing with the tenants below? Yeah. You know what I mean? These are all things to consider. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, and like also there's no problem with like you you had said that if um, – if they're a good tenant, you'll say that, you know what, we're going to keep the rent the same, even though rents are going up, yada, yada. Yeah, that's great. We've done that a lot. Um, but there's also nothing stopping you from raising the rent, doing a slight, like just so you know, there's going to be a $50 rent increase. They're there. They're happy. They don't want to move. They want to renew the lease. Is that extra $50 going to deter them from re-signing with you? It maybe, depends. maybe not. It's a risk. <laughs> But if they say, you know what, I really want to stay, but I really can't afford a $50 increase, then say, okay, you know what, we've really loved having you as well, and we'll keep it the same. Yeah. So there's no harm in throwing it out there. Um, if all, if they're like, I'm not taking a $50 increase, I'm out of here, you're a money-grabbing 
thief of a landlord, then maybe it's good if they leave. <laughs> For sure. So can I make another argument? Sure. What is the fifty dollars really worth to you? Yeah. Good point. That's six hundred dollars for the year. Yeah. I mean, more yeah, often it's than not, not. life changing money. I mean, if you got a large portfolio and you're able to increase the rents by fifty dollars each, then yeah, maybe it might. But to be honest, I would much rather have a happy tenant staying and not having to deal with finding new tenants. And then there's more risk in putting a new tenant in and having no idea what type of person they are. I would rather the one that I deal with the person that I already know than to roll the dice with someone that I don't know. Yeah. 100%. That's my thoughts on it. Yeah. And $600 is, is not that much. Well, and so the other consideration I was going to say is, are you cash flowing on that property mm. or is it a break even or is it a negative cash flow? So like analyzing what is your property? Can your property afford like, um, you know, like Wayne said, possibly taking off $50 a month off the rent? Can you mm. afford to do that? Well, if you're, if you're heavy cash topic. flowing, sure. Yeah. Take the 50 bucks off. If you're already raking in some good cash flow on the property and you have a great tenant that you want to keep, then sure. That makes sense. That is why cash flow is so goddamn important. Yes. To be 1, able to make percent. those decisions that aren't limited, yeah. um, that aren't determined by the amount of cash flow you have. Yeah. You should be able to treat this like a business. You want to treat it like a business. If it's good cash flow, you got a good reserve, you're able to make fast decisions like this and not worry about, oh no, well, that means we're going to have to cover 50 bucks every month. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's why it's so important to run it properly so you're able to make decisions like this and to keep the tenants in long term. Yeah. But that's not always, it's just not always the case. Sometimes you, you know, like maybe you became a landlord accidentally. You had to rent out the house that you owned and it's not a great cash flowing property. So, so those you, are considerations. So you have to make bad decisions based on your bad decisions? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Sometimes you do. I hate it. I don't mm-hmm. like it. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't. I, it's, not everyone's going to have a you, perfect sparkling portfolio. Yeah, but hopefully the rest of your portfolio supports that yes. lemon. Yeah. Um, I've heard the example from other investors, the big, you know, the bigger brother and the little brother. You know, the big brother kind of oversees and helps out the little brother or the little sister. So, you know, if you have good cash flowing properties, you know, those ones might support the ones that are not so good. Mm-hmm. And... Maybe, you know, that the little brother or little sister was one that you was one of your first rentals or one of your first homes and you turned it into a rental and it's not a good time to sell it. So you're just supporting it until the market goes up. That's fine. But if you're buying houses with 5% down and saying you're going to live in them and then not living in them and then buying a bunch of agreement for sales (laughs) that are all negative cash flow, I mean, it's just, it's, you're setting yourself up for failure and then you have to make all of your limited decisions with limited, uh, you know, But Wayne, yes, I believe that you have said often in the past that sometimes you need to take the crappier deals to get started. Like, for instance, don't use my words against me. (laughs) We've been, I swear to God, in the last 30 minutes, we've, I've never seen us glare at each other so much. (laughs) It's mostly you glaring at me. I don't know where this came from this morning, but we are, we are conflicting big time. Yeah. All right. Make your point. Well, you've often said that sometimes you need to take, like, let's talk, just not let's talk about agreement for sale, but agreement for sale, for instance. Because of the negative cash flow aspects. a lot of the times they are negative cash flow because it's a homeowner who's in a bad situation and it's not a on-purpose rental and all those types of things. Sometimes the opportunity of getting into a deal for little or no money and eating the negative cash flow is how you get started, right? Gabby knows that I have the answer to this, but she knows it's a very complicated answer with <laughs> lots of moving pieces. Zakaya's, I know Zakaya's watching tonight and uh, today this morning. You keep saying tonight. <laughs> it's dark out. I'm, I can see Zakaya there, and this is literally a conversation I had with Zakaya last night. Oh, I'm that- like, because we were talking about agreement for sales, and I'm like, dude, like I can't explain this to you in five minutes <laughs> because it's I, I've, I'm willing to take risks. Yes. yes. And I think everyone should take calculated risks, but they need to be calculated and you need to have every single outcome planned and you need to put measures in place in order to mitigate those risks as much as possible. So you can't just put me on the spot with one thing that I said <laughs> without giving me two hours to explain why and okay. an agreement for sale okay, course. I'll back off. 
So backing away. I'm trying to here. You know what? I'm trying. <laughs> you're trying to get me to make things simple when I'm when today. We're trying to talk about why. Um, yes, I think that that's the case. But what I would prefer everyone do is is eventually the ideal thing to do is to make a portfolio that is a good, healthy, cash flowing business. 100% I agree with you. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So um, that's what you do when you have a tenancy ending. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's, let's take one step oh, further. Okay, wait. Yeah. Okay. So just to wrap up that topic. Yeah. Also, don't wait until okay your today's um or let's say your lease ends december 31st oh i did write that down yeah um but by the way bad time to end your lease december 31st i'm mm. just using that example because it's the next month so say your lease ends december 31st don't wait until december 1st to be like hey so you planning on staying or are you going or what's going on like don't wait until you're in that last month of vacancy or of tenancy to figure out what the heck's going on when do you message them, Gabby, or email so them? So we have reminders in our shared calendar for um, a three a three month reminder and then a two month reminder that their end of the lease is coming up. And so the three month is just like a hey guys, just remember like this this thing's happening in the next couple of months type yeah. of thing. So just a heads up in case we've gotten busy and forgot because we do. I haven't like I don't know when any of the upcoming leases are ending you don't? now at the moment. <laughs> um, somewhere in the spring, summer. Yes. Somewhere in the spring, summer. So we're good for a few months. Yes. Um, and then the two month reminder is when we make sure that an, uh, an email is sent out in touching base, because what I want is I want them to commit to renewing before that last month of tenancy. I want to renew them and get the document signed two months ahead of time and get that secured. Yeah. Before they start looking. Before they even consider start looking, starting to look. I mean, some really, 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 really great tenants will start looking a few months out, but not many. Hmm. Um, so yeah, you want to catch them before that and get them locked up, signed, and then off your plate and forget about it. Yeah. So yeah, don't wait. And also that last month of their tenancy is when you're allowed to advertise and show the suite again, talking about Alberta, I have no clue about other provinces, Yeah. but you have those last 30 days to slap a sign in the window or the yard, start advertising, start bringing people through for viewings. So if you're figuring out on the first of the month that, um, oh shoot, they're actually thinking about leaving, but maybe they're, they Mm -hmm. hadn't even really considered it and now they need a couple days to figure their stuff out and then you don't find out until a, a weekend and then you're trying to start to advertise that's when you're going to end up with a vacancy when yeah. they move and you didn't have your shit ready well you normally add a deadline to your offer as yeah, well I signed, two months I, before yeah so we put out an <clears throat> offer to them to resign and say let us know um you know by the end of next week or something or by the end of this week even what you're thinking and then if they say yes then spend the next week getting the lease together and otherwise that. we're going to start advertising it and we will be doing showings for the remaining 30 days of your lease yeah so it gives them like oh shoot we need to figure this out real fast yeah um it, it yeah it puts a little urgency on it rather than just like saying hey let us know if you're planning on doing it or not yeah. Uh, we want a little bit of urgency. We want an answer from you. We want to know, are you resigning or are you not resigning? Let's get it figured out by this week. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we're going to start doing whatever we need to do in order to fill that. So we can hopefully find a tenant yeah. um, on, on the same day that uh, you're leaving. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I just wanted to wrap that no, up. No, that's great. That's a really great point. And that's actually something I mentioned. Uh, we didn't talk about our prize today that we're giving away. Um, you know what? This coffee's like really, really good today. Is it? Yeah. Gabby Gabby makes my coffee for me every morning when I'm uh, when I'm getting the show set up. So um, let's do uh, coffee on us. Sounds that good. Sound? So yeah. uh, third caller, we're gonna keep we're gonna keep going on with the show. Um, we're not gonna tell you how many people are in the queue. So if you're waiting to find out, you know who the third caller no, is. No, we're gonna wait until all three are in the queue. We're so. gonna wait till all three are in the queue. So you're not gonna know. So third caller, uh, once we see all three in the queue, uh, or maybe when we don't see all the three in the queue, we're just gonna keep going on with the show, and then we'll uh, let you guys know who wins. But uh, yeah, it's free coffee on us. You choose Tim Hortons or Starbucks, whichever. 
Um, yeah. So can I, can I, say, Oh, we already got people calling in already. Can I say one other thing that, um, that I have <clears throat> changed up what I do with lease renewal. Mm -hmm. So previously, and I like, I don't know, this is good for me on my end, but, um, maybe somebody can poke some holes in it. But what I used to do is when I would resign them, I would drop a whole new lease with a whole new, um, start time and end time. Um, start date and end date of the lease and get them to sign it and go through that whole process again. But what I've started doing is a one page addendum. So it's just like a lease renewal addendum. It states the tenant's name, the address of the property, when their initial lease started, um, all that kind of stuff. And then it's like a, a little paragraph or a couple sentences stating that um, the previous lease has now been, ex or the, pre the lease ending on such and such date has now been extended for an additional 12 months and will be ending at this time on this date and get them to sign off on that and basically refers back to the initial lease. So I, it's a one pager. It's so fast to pull up and put together and get sent out. It's like so much more less labor intensive and it's been working great. Like I've been doing it the past couple of years now. I haven't had to use it at the RTDRS or anything, but I don't see why it wouldn't, um, you know, be sufficient. Mm -hmm. And it's just made my life so much easier when it comes time for all that paperwork to be done. That's so, interesting. Yeah. If anybody wants a one pager lease addendum, just let me know and I can send that out. How, 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 how do they, how do they contact oh, you? Oh, uh, just send us an email, info at reimorningshow.com. Okay. R-E-I morningshow.com. Well, that's awesome. Good for you. Good for you. For, <laughs> good for you. Good for you, Gab. <laughs> good for you for just being such a nice, nice gal. Um, <laughs> I uh, I have a few other things I wanted to talk about. You know, maybe we'll just kind of save it for next week as well. Oh. Um, or because or, I just saw Annette's uh, message. Or you can Instagram me. <laughs> She's like, you know, I'm going to Instagram you for to uh, contact you. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, send follow. me a message on the socials. Email me at morning info at morning ariamorningshow.com, however you want. <laughs> yeah, you can follow Gabby and myself on Instagram and Facebook. That's pretty much all we do. I haven't got haven't got into the LinkedIn. Everyone keeps telling me like all your content would work really well on LinkedIn. I just don't have the time to figure it out. <laughs> um totally just sent you an Instagram message. I know I saw it. I saw it pop up. <laughs> That's too funny. Yeah. Um yeah, I wanted to continue talking about, you know, pricing your rental and choosing tenants and stuff. I feel like that's, um, again, it's easy just to say, you know, stick to your tenant profile and 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 the rents are all the same across Edmonton. I know, and, and I want to go a little bit deeper into that, um, but uh, I don't want to go too, too deep where I'm not able to actually answer the question properly. Mm -hmm. um, I did want to talk about one thing, actually, and I don't know if I talked to you about this. Um, <laughs> what? Probably not. Yeah, we don't talk too much. Um, I was, uh, I told everyone that, um, I got stuck in, um, in the snow, in the snow there a couple nights ago, <laughs> uh, cause we hadn't put our winter tires on. So yesterday I went out and, uh, we, we had our appointment to get our winter tires put on our vehicle and, um, I got a shuttle back and, uh, I was, t I was talking about what I do with the, with the guy, the, the, the manager that was, uh, driving me back. And uh, told him about, you know, that was in real estate investing. And, and I guess he's in real estate investing too. No way. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and you know what? To be honest, this happens a lot more often than um, than not. Um, a lot of people have rental properties. and they're, or, or are or, wanting to. Or are wanting to get into um, real estate investing. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it was actually a really great conversation we ended up having. It, you know, he has a couple of rental properties. He really wants to get into it, really wanted to get into adding secondary suites and, and the burr strategy and whatnot. So, um, yeah. Also, he knew quite a bit. He, yeah, he did know quite a bit. It actually it actually made for a really great uh, drive. And, and and shout out to uh, the guys over at Fountain Tire and LaDuke um, for, for helping us <laughs> out. LaDuke. And, and yeah. Suits. <laughs> We dropped that thing off, you know, just a little before 9 a.m. They were done by 11. They, they did a bunch of stuff for us as well, oil change and whatnot. So um, I was really happy with them. But also it was really just nice having a conversation with another person. And I mm -hmm. um, just wanted to remind everyone that, you know, um, you know, not not necessarily in this particular case because, you know, this person, it, it wouldn't wouldn't necessarily work. But 
when people are talking about raising money for joint ventures, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I've talked to everybody that I know and, and, and I, I don't know anyone else who, who would want to partner with me. Literally just, you bring up, you can bring up the conversation with anyone, anyone, anyone. Yeah. You know what I mean? The manager who drove me home from Fountain Tire was interested in real estate investing though. He's doing it himself. And, and you know what I mean? Like, but yeah, you never, you just never know. I have conversations with my hairdresser. And she's genuinely interested. Um, I, I remember the story about the the pharmacist yeah. when I was getting uh, my nose swab uh, for a COVID test. Uh, he asked what I did, and you know I was home during the day. So you know, what are you doing? And like you just going back to work? I'm like, no, no, I'm just heading back to the house. And oh, what do you do? And I, oh, I'm a real estate business. Oh, are you a realtor? No, 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 I'm an investor. An investor? What do you What do you mean? Like, how does that How does that work? Like. And this, he had no idea that that was a thing that, you know, people invest in real estate full time, like that's what you do. And you, and then he asked, you know, how do you, do you get like people to like invest with you? Like almost like a financial advisor. Yeah, that's, that's how we do it. And so we have our own properties and as well, we raise funds to put, you know, large properties together, small properties together, residential, commercial, you know, uh, multifamily. That's a thing. (laughs) And just, and just like, you just do that from home. Like he had no idea that was a thing. And he was genuinely interested. I and, and to be honest, I should have followed up with that guy um, because he wanted to learn more about it. I'm just not looking for any joint venture partners right now. Um, but uh, it's not that hard, people. Yeah, it's not that hard. Dentists, to- I can't tell you. Like we've switched dentists a bunch of times because we move a lot. Every time the dentist asks what you do, they always want to know more. That's got to be extremely difficult, though. Yeah. <laughs> I hate when dentists talk to you. It's like, really? You want to have a conversation right it now? It must be an inside thing with them if they just find it hilarious <laughs> yeah. to have deep conversations with people while they have, yeah. while they're cleaning your teeth. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it, there are people out there. Um, you know, I, I do it. I practice on a regular basis because even though I'm not looking, I still practice on a regular basis. Like I'll strike up conversations with other moms and dads while we're waiting for our kid to come out. You know, or if we're at the park and someone asks what you do, you know what I mean? Yeah, practice what you say. That would capture their attention. You already have a connection with them. It's not like it's a stranger. This person is a, a parent to another kid in your kid's class. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You have a connection. Why not start there? Yeah. Uh, when people sit, tell me that they don't have it, they've, they've gone through their circle. They've gone through everyone, and you know, immediate friends and family. They've gone through acquaintances. They've gone through coworkers and everything else. It's time to make your circle bigger. Yeah. It's time to really start expanding and networking more and then just start having these conversations. You'll be known as the real estate person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe they're not just like, hey, I've got $500,000. I want to invest with you. Maybe they, you know they're genuinely interested and they ask you some questions about how to do it. And then you help them and you show them how to do it. And then they realize, Oh shit, this is too hard. And then they ask you, Hey, would you be interested in kind of doing one together? You never know. Yeah. But I just want to bring that up because you know, I don't, I don't leave the house very often. (laughs) And the few times that I do, um, I'm able to strike up conversations with people very easily. And I'm, I'm, I'm not some special people. Like I just, I'm not the most social person in the world. I know I talk for an hour every morning on the podcast, but I'm not the most social person. You know, you put me in a scenario like that. Um, and I know a lot of people that are that, that strike up conversations a lot easier than me, mm-hmm. and you could easily do it yourself. Mm-hmm. So create those opportunities. That's what I wanted to get at. Go get it. Yeah. Um, you know what? What? People, you know what? These, these people, these people, they're not playing along with this whole call-in thing. They're not playing along. It's it's too bad. No, it's it's if nobody wants free coffee, no one's getting free coffee. It's fine. You know who's getting free coffee? Who? Ryan. Ryan's getting free coffee. Ryan. Congratulations. We're gonna you know what? He's you. taking action. <laughs> <laughs> He's taking action. Ryan. Writing your name down. Let us know what you want. You want you want the Bucks? The Timmies? What do you want? Oh, the Bucks. Yeah, Starbucks. No one says that, Gabby. <laughs> no one says that. Uh, I just did. I'm someone. <laughs> I'm going to the box who wants coffee. Okay, that's all right, whatever. It works. Um, you know what? Why don't we talk about pricing your rental? So 
you've tried, you made your pitch to your, uh, you're welcome, Ryan. Thanks for calling in. Um, you've made your pitch to your, your existing tenants, right? You said, Hey, we're willing to give you a discount. Hey, we're willing to give you the same rent. And they say, you know what? Nope. I'm done. Peace. Peace out. <laughs> uh, he says Starbucks for nice. special occasions. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, celebrate those wins, Ryan. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you take that five or 10 minutes and yeah, then you, you get back the, to work. Yeah, you get, get the fuck back to work. <laughs> oh, okay. So you made your pitch. They say peace out. And now you're like, okay, now I got to find. Now I got to find someone. Um, how do you price your rental? It's been a year or it's been three years. Yeah. Okay. You know, you set that rent a while back because someone told you to set your rent at that price. Mm-hmm. You keep watching all your friends every day and they're posting similar rentals mm-hmm. and they're getting, you know, $200 more. Mm-hmm. I want $200 more. How do you determine how to set your rents? Let's are go you, over the basics. Are you asking me or are you going to answer it? Who else am I asking? <laughs> Be like, how do you do it? I'm going to tell you. <laughs> Um, yeah, this isn't like a, a masterclass. <laughs> You're asking me. Got it. Okay. I got a few First things thing... listed down here and I'm just going to see if you get them and I'll fill in the blanks. Well, uh, excuse me. I'm the one who does this. You do not. So I probably have better answers. All right. <laughs> I, do, I don't even consult with you when I set the rents, Mm-mm. actually, now that I think about it. Um, okay. So first thing I do is I hop on the interwebs and I go to PadMapper, which um, is, so it's like padmapper.com or so P-A-D and then mapper, map, mapper. And they pull from a whole bunch of different like rental um, platforms and show you like in whatever neighborhood you're looking at or whatever city you're looking at, they'll pull your search criteria and show you all of the rentals. And so I search based on whatever it is. So if I'm renting a three bedroom main floor or a two bedroom basement suite or a house, whatever it is, that's the search criteria I use. And I look in first, I look specifically in the neighborhood. So, or the community, Um, I specifically look in there, go through if there's any rentals in there and see what they're priced at. Make sure you actually click on them and see the status of them. You know, like, is it a worn down, POS or is it a beautifully new renovated? Does it have a garage? Are they including utilities? Are they not including utilities? So you can't just look at a price and be like, oh, three bedroom main floor, 1700. That's what I'm going to do. No, you need to like drill down and look at what they're offering and the and the quality of it. Square footage, finishings. Yeah, square footage, finishings, um, garage and utilities are big to make sure you look at because that'll change the price dramatically. That is true. Yeah, yeah. especially with suite of properties. Yeah. Um, some people will include um, utilities in it and then you got to see how much yeah. they're including for that. Yeah. Uh, if it's a lot or a little. Yeah. So do your, your market research first. If there's nothing in the community that's, um, you know, relevant to to what you're renting then start branching out to surrounding areas or around the city if you need to but just get a good idea and you will find huge price ranges like big time people and you can tell people who know what they're doing and people who don't have a fucking clue what they're doing and it it becomes very clear just when you're searching through because you can also see like is it a really super crappy ad and they're like fire sailing their (laughs) their rental or is it a really well put together ad and the rent seems pretty reasonable? Right. You know what I mean? So just like really go through them and get a good feel. Um, after that, if I can't find anything relevant and I'm just like at a loss for how much I should be listing, which I, I know now, I know the rental market, I know where prices are at and stuff. So I don't really have to go too in depth with my, with my research. Um, but if you're at that point or if you're just starting out and you have no clue what to send your, your rent at and you can't find it through looking on PadMapper or any different sites um, for comparables, write up a ghost ad. Yep. So a ghost ad is take your, take your pictures, do a write-up, and pick a price that you would like to get. You maybe even put it a little bit higher yeah. and, and just put it out there. And you can do this also if you're like thinking about buying a property or like, you know, that kind of stuff as well, but you don't know how it's going to cash flow and you don't know, you know, what you'll really be able to get for rent. 
um, throw up a ghost ad and just put it out there and see how many responses you get. Don't start chatting with people and, and setting up viewings, but just see how many responses are coming in. Are yeah. people interested at the price point that you put it at? Or is nobody responding? Because yeah. if nobody's responding, then you need to, maybe you're out to lunch and you need to get a little bit more realistic. So you can, that'll be you can really do this ahead time. of time, you know, throughout the year yeah. and, you know, during the summer, during the winter, just to kind of see what's going on. Um, yeah. Not necessarily when, when your unit is vacant. I yeah. mean, at that particular point. At that point, point you that, need it listed. And, yeah. yeah. And you can test the market when your unit's vacant. Um, you know, if you think that you're going to get 1400, but you want to list for 1500 for a week or so, just to kind of test it out, see yeah. how many bites you get. Um, but it's better to do that ahead of time to get an idea before it's vacant. That way, you know, you're able to fill that thing fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that should give you a pretty good indication of the market and where you should be priced at. Um, do you mind if I just, there's a couple of questions in here, statements. I just want to add those in. Uh, Wilson said you can include uh, utilities and cap them in the lease agreement so you don't end up with unexpected charges. Yep. Um, Ryan also says, asked, uh, do you advertise base price without garage and utilities when there's a detached available and utilities are in your name? So in the event that there's say a suite of property where the utilities are in your name, mm -hmm. um, when you're setting the price yeah. of the rent, do you include garage and do you so include utilities? Garage and utilities are two different conversations. So I'm going to start with utilities. Um, utilities, I don't include it in the base price. So say, um, say my rental is uh, 1200 and utilities are 300 and so altogether it's going to be 1500 mm -hmm. um, I list it as 1200 and then in my write-up, I say that um, utilities are an additional flat rate fee of 300 per month. So the 1200 is going to capture the most amount of people. Um, based on that's the price range that they're looking at, because a lot of people don't know that utilities might be included. So you're automatically cutting them out of the search. If they're like, if they know that, okay, well, I'm going to have to pay extra for utilities, so I can probably only afford $1,200. If you have it set at 15, you're automatically eliminating them from the search criteria. Yeah. So put it at 12 and then just add it into your i mean i'm not telling you what to do do whatever you want but that's a pretty good tip i think <laughs> yeah um and then okay hold on i'm just gonna answer this here so annette says gabby what if they argue that they want to cover the utilities then so if it's us i have a one-liner for it yeah we have a one-liner for it what is it f off <laughs> Are you kidding me? Uh, when people do say that, they're like, well, that seems kind of high. Why do I have to pay $300? And like, how much are the people downstairs paying? Okay, so we're talking about a suited property. Nine times out of 10. Yeah. It's it very rare that you would cover the utilities on a townhouse or yeah. a single family house. It's, just, it's, it's a huge risk um, because they start overusing, you know, uh, over consuming. Um, and then, and then you got to fight with them about their usage being too high and yada, yada. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, even though you have a utility agreement saying that you can't go over X amount, Certainly. it just causes friction. Yeah. You know, you just yeah avoid it. But in the events, there's a, say a suited property or, or the, as, as our folks in Ontario call them duplexes. Um, when the utilities are under your name and you're charging flat rates, you know, nine times out of 10, they'll be like, well, that seems a little high. I mean, how much are you actually paying in utilities? Why am I paying 300? I've been living in a townhouse. It's been $298 for the last five years. So you're telling me I'm paying 300 and you're just pocketing the, the extra from the basement to a tenant downstairs. So what we explain is, is that, you know, what we do is we take the average amount of utilities over the last 12 months and we create a mean average. So we um, total it all up and divide it by 12. And that's what we determine what our costs are. And we add a little extra a buffer on top of there just to make sure in the event that, you know, someone's you not know, taking you know, four baths a day. Um, now, here's the alternative. What we can do is we can have it set up in your name. Absolutely. Uh, we've done this in the past, but what we found is that it creates a lot of friction and hostility between tenants because what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to collect from the person downstairs. And I'm just telling you right now, the same things that you're saying to me right now is the same things that tenant downstairs is going to say. And like, well, why is that so much? And you've been using too much water. You and, have three showers a day. <laughs> I listen. I hear you having those showers. Why is the water always running? I mean, why are your kids having so many baths? And, and you know what I mean? Not to mention 
the opportunity or the possibility, sorry, that maybe the tenant downstairs is like, oh yeah, sorry, dude, I don't have cash. I'll give it to you on Tuesday. Mm -hmm. See, what we want to do is when we're, when we're putting these properties together, we want to keep things as separate as possible. You got your own laundry, you've got your own heating controls. Okay. You've got your own entrance. There's no common areas. We want this to be as separate as possible so that you can enjoy your unit and not have to deal with another tenant. Okay. So that's why we set it up where we have base utility rents or utility costs. And that way it keeps it completely separate. Okay. So the, the amount that we set is based off of the average over the last 12 months. We've never had any issues with that. If that's something you're interested, if you would prefer to put utilities in your name, I just need you to understand that that's what's going to happen. And we need to go let the other tenant know nine times at a time. They're just like, okay, yeah, oh, I don't really like it, but you know, all oh, that's fine. Yeah. You got two options at that point. You can say, you know what? Fine. I'll lower your utilities by 50 bucks. How's that sound? You can do that. It just consider it to be some sort of like a rental discount. You know what I mean? 50 bucks off utilities or 50 bucks off rent. Is it really that much of a difference? No, it doesn't really matter. Um, you can always do that. Or I mean, for me, if someone's giving me that much fucking grief over utilities that early on mm -hmm. before we even sign them as a tenant, no. I don't really want them anyways. No. It doesn't stop there. So that's why it's a huge indicator for me, which I don't get a whole lot of indicators when I'm screening people. And if that's one of the first conversations we're having, I know there's going to be more bullshit down the road and I'll just avoid it altogether. Yeah. Like, you know, I don't want to deal with this person. Yeah. And uh, Wilson asks, should you keep the utilities under your name or have the tenants contact the utilities company and transfer to their name? So the only time I have them set up their own utilities is if it's an entire house or townhouse or... Um, that sort of thing. So yeah. only if they're the only people responsible for those utilities. Um, and in that case, I never keep them in my own name. I want them to be responsible for covering their own utility bills. Um, there's different ways you can look at that. A lot of people say, well, what if they stop paying? Is it going to fall back on you? I mean, like look into your jurisdiction, but no, they're responsible for their utilities while the utilities are in their name. Yeah. The utility company will not come after you, at least in Edmonton. I know that for sure. Yeah, we've we've had that happen where someone's given us a call and then we've told them that that was a tenant and they're like, oh, okay, yeah, no problem. We can't, they don't, they don't send it back to you. Yeah. Um, I want to just finish off with this, uh, this last comment. And then I, I have a few comments on that as well, just for pricing your rental. And then we should probably get going because we got a busy day. Oh, it's after seven. Okay. Yep. You betcha. So Ryan has said, I found most prefer to not have the hassle with signing up for utilities uh, and the deposits for setting up utilities, et cetera. Yeah. yeah 100%. Lots of places also charge tenants like a $200 deposit just to sign up. Yeah. So yeah, it could be. A and then hassle. deposits and then just regular sign up fees. Yeah. You know what I mean? 50 bucks for a new connection yeah. or something yeah. if it's been disconnected. So um, I agree with you. We've even had tenants, you know, for single family houses that we own. And they said, well, you know, would you be willing to include utilities? Because they just, they like the idea of having a set rate and they don't have to worry about the fluctuations. They don't have to worry about, oh my goodness. Here's another cool thing is that like, um, especially with electricity and, and, and heating costs and, um, going up recently, um, a lot of people having spikes in their utilities, um, bills, you know, just knowing that it's set and they don't have to worry about it. Yeah. It's huge. And Annette, we don't include internet and cable in the utilities, but you can if you want, but we do not. Yeah. It's hard to get that money back, in my opinion. Um, any, well, here's the reason I'm going to go down. Um, most people who have kids playing Xbox, okay, and you need a really good high download speed. And it, considering, you know, one kid's watching Netflix upstairs, um, mom's uh, scrolling TikTok, and then Jimmy downstairs is like, owning noobs on uh, call of duty um it eats up a lot of the bandwidth and uh it's actually it's very difficult so you need a high download speed and high download speeds even with the best uh you know packages these days are like 100 150 bucks so well that's an oh, internet cable as well yeah i mean 150 200 it's Do hard people to even have cable anymore i have no idea um we haven't for years but anyways it's hard to get that money back and then also if it's a suite of property then you've got another person using it and they're like, well, wait a second, you know, this internet package illegally. is bullshit. <laughs> um, yeah, they're, they're streaming illegally and like, like the person upstairs complaining because Netflix is all choppy and the internet's bullshit and we don't like this. And we want to get your own, just keep it separate. Uh, that's been our experience with it. Yeah. Um, pricing your rental. Sorry, I'm ripping through this real fast because um, I got to get to the lawyer here in about an hour and a half. Um, I'm going to leave, sorry. Uh, you test the market, ghost ads, see what everyone else is listing for. Um, 
when I'm looking through, you know, Kijiji or Facebook to see what other people are listing for a similar products in that area or similar suites in that area, I'll take with the average and then I'll just kind of cross out and forget the ones that are just way out to lunch. If I see a, a townhouse that all of them are at 1200 and 1300 and then I see a 1700, I'm not going to add that in. Yeah. It's just some random person who probably had it as a home and they're trying to cover their expenses. Okay. Because mm -hmm. their expenses are higher and they didn't buy it as an investor. Um, lastly, when you are pricing your rental, you could put whatever price you want. There's, there's no, there's no standard. You know what I mean? You don't have to put 12 to 1300. You can put 1700. If you're an accidental landlord, you bought that townhouse, you know, you bought it for 5% down. So you got higher mortgage payments, right? Uh, or maybe you set it up bi-weekly because you wanted to pay down your mortgage faster. So you got higher payments, mm -hmm. right? Very common stuff. And then you had to move or you couldn't sell your house and, you know, everybody else in the market is charging 12 to 1300 bucks because their mortgage payments are lower, right? But you, you thought you were so smart. You went with weekly payments because you wanted to pay off your mortgage fast and not pay interest. Now it doesn't work because mathematically your payments are higher and you need to cover those payments and you have no other option. So you set your market rent or you set your rent at 1700 you might find someone who wants to pay 1700 You know what I mean? Like if you set it and someone pays it, cool. Yeah. If someone else pays 1200 to 1300 for the one next door, cool. So you can set your rent to whatever you want. Just know that if you want to fill it fast, you want to be competitive. Mm -hmm. Also, just know that if you set it at 1700 and you got people banging on your door saying like, I'll move in today. I've got cash in hand. <laughs> That's because they've already applied to all the other ones and they've all been denied. Yeah. And they're coming to you and willing to pay over market rent because they have nowhere to live and red they're on flags. red flags. <laughs> and, you know, you hear this all the time on like landlord groups are like, I've been getting $1,800 for my townhouse for six years. And then those are the same people that have all the horrible stories about, you know, the drug addicts and, and yeah, the Yeah, they also the didn't wall. check in and on their property in six years and it's been fucking destroyed <laughs> yeah so it's a it's it's a rookie mistake um i set it for 1700 and i had 20 people call me the first day yeah but a lot of them have you know criminal records and they don't work and they're on government assistant programs they just and... got out of jail for stabbing their drug dealer yes i had somebody apply always google their names so just just be aware it is possible you can set whatever rent you want and you can get someone in there. Just just make sure you're doing your diligence. Yeah. And don't just take the first person who has cash that wants to move in in four hours. Um, yeah, that's that. Uh, and hey, you know what? When you, when you uh, let's say market rent is 1200 to 1300 and you rent it for 1400 you list for 1400 and then a few other people list for 1400 Yeah. And then a few other people say, oh, I want 1400 And then everybody starts listing for 1400 Guess what the market rent is now? 1400 1400 Yeah. So you... Go but the it. market is the market, right? Josh says everyone needs a home. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, I just prefer that uh, those drug dealing, stabbing ladies, ex-convicts, just go to the amateur landlords and stay away from me. <laughs> um, it is what it is. Okay. Hey. Uh, hope Time flies when you're having fun. Yeah, it certainly does. Have See you guys uh, tomorrow morning. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com.